Welcome to Today in Space. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Giorfanos. We're recording here on planet Earth, and the date is November 12th. We have a lot to catch up on. Thank you, everybody who engaged and joined in and put in their entries, some multiple entries, for our Estes partnership. Estes Rockets uh, gave us one of their brand new Falcon 9, uh, official SpaceX Falcon 9 rockets. Uh, we can see the Crew Dragon variant here on the table. And we're, we did that whole thing on Instagram for the giveaway. And Literally live on this, I'm going to go through. I have a random calculator in uh, Google Sheets because that's about as nerdy as it gets. And we're going to run that. I have everyone's names and your multiple entries if you follow the rules of the game. And we will be giving this away. So we're going to do that later in this episode. But to have some space news here on this episode, uh, I wanted to cover a few things. There was a really cool... Uh, CNBC report that came out that was talking about NASA's annual economic output and that it actually tripled its budget. We're going to talk about that. And then the Polaris program, we've talked about it before. I also recently just got my Polaris Dawn patch from donating to St. Jude's Hospital, which is really cool. We're going to talk about that. And yeah, that's it, folks. We're going to get you caught up on space. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with me. Before we start, let's talk about some business here. So as always, this podcast is brought to you by AG3D Printing. That is our 3D printing lab where we're finally getting access back to it after the invasion of the wasps, which you can learn about on our Halloween episode. <laughs> but uh, we're finally getting our printers back up and running. And this lab, this 3D printing lab, has helped fund this podcast. It's been a sor source of great, like, tinkering and, and, and learning how to become a maker and, and bringing something into reality with 3D printing and 3D design. And now, basically, we offer that service. It's helped bring this podcast to where it is today. And we offer that service to you. So if you want to bring your own idea into reality, please make sure to go check that out. Uh, our friends over at Snapcaller were one of our first customers. We helped with the design and the early prototyping of those first designs. And now, look, they, they have a full-fledged company. They are selling products. And uh, we actually have a code, a link, at in our episode's description if you want to go check them out. Uh, and help support them. They're on the early days, so they can't really offer any kind of discounts, but it's an early stage with this company that we helped a tiny portion of get off the ground, at least the idea, right? Making it real so that uh, the f my friends over at Snapcaller could take the jump into becoming a company and selling a product. So the first one's out. This link will help support them if you click that. It solves a problem for collared shirts where, you know, after a while, they wrinkle, and then it's a, it's a whole process to get them straight and, and to the right structure, like why, the whole reason why you made a collar in the first place. So their product helps solve that problem, and it, it makes a great gift for anyone who travels a lot, who, who goes to work. You know, a lot of engineers will wear button-up shirts or polos if you're in tech. I know that's definitely kind of a big, common thing. And if you have any kind of collars, they're great. doesn't matter uh, what gender. This is for the, the collared shirt. So if you have one and you want to help keep that crisp and clean, Snap Collar is the way to go. Again, check that link in our uh, our description. And of course, we can also offer 10% off at etsysrockets.com for the model rockets. We can't do sales. It doesn't include sales. It doesn't include like parachutes. And it also doesn't include engines. But if you're looking to get your first model rocket, let's say the end of this episode, it's not your name that came up on this, or maybe you missed the giveaway. 
you know, we're, we're here to help with 10% off. Use the code IN underscore Alex. That's IN underscore A-L-E-X. And that will help you get 10% off uh, your, your next model rocket. Maybe it's your first model rocket. It was really cool. One of the questions we asked was, have you ever launched a model rocket? And there's a lot of folks who, much like myself, were on kind of the edge of it. Either you had a friend that did launch model rockets and you saw it there. You got into it for a little while. But uh, it's a great activity to just light something. It launches, right? And Estes makes all of that not only easier and 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 more funds you can enjoy the experience, but they also offer their engines and they help recommend safety. So you're not just launching stuff off. You can have fun and be safe at the same time. These model rockets are there. So 10% off if you go to estesrockets.com and use the code word in underscore Alex. That's I-N underscore A-L-E-X for 10% off Estes Rockets. Thank you, Estes. Really appreciate it. And before we get back to that, let's jump into a little bit of space news. So NASA's SLS recently was on the launch pad, brought back out in prep for the November 14th launch of Artemis 1, and then Hurricane Nicole developed off the coast. And what was originally supposed to be another rollout for a third attempt at this launch slowly became a march out to the pad for extreme hurricane winds and the launch has gotten pushed to november 16th uh, before that happened and apparently still they're holding that launch uh i'll go through what jim free mentioned on twitter so they're still planning to launch artemis 1 november 16th at roughly 1 a.m eastern time and it legitimately withstood hurricane level winds so you know if we look here from eric berger this was november 11th this was the the national weather service office in melbourne florida said that the highest confirmed wind gust at lc39b over the artemis one stack was 81 knots at 200 feet sls design limit below at this elevation was 84 one knots. This likely remains preliminary. So basically what ended up happening is that the rocket on the pad, unfueled, experienced wind gusts that were to the limits of the rocket. And basically what ended up happening was rocket ended, uh, NASA ended up having a rocket out on the pad in the middle of a storm that developed without the ability to roll it back. There literally was not enough time. And I mean, weather is one of the big things that is not easy to control. You know, it's interesting when you see SpaceX, who just launched today, their rockets can go in and off the pad pretty easily. And, and you know, for them, they're putting the rocket out there, loading and going, right? They they have such a high launch cadence that they're actually on pace for next year to be able to do somehow <laughs> uh, a launch every week for the entirety of 2023, which is, which is wild. But, you know, NASA's rocket, the SLS, is much bigger. It was out there in the middle of a hurricane. I mean, that's the reality of it. Uh, one of the things I'll pull up here, uh, one of the things we'll have in this episode is actually the uh, the actual document that outlines the spacecraft design and, like, uh, layout for the limits. Uh, it has this peak wind profile uh, graph here that actually talks about what they designed the rocket to withstand. 
and it's uncomfortably close. In fact, there may have been points where it may have exceeded the lower end limit of the rocket's design. And this rocket's been taken in and out a few times. It, it's it's a rocket that has seen use. And like <laughs> like Eric Berger said in this tweet, like if if SLS was able to withstand these legitimate wins and then it goes off a week from now uh later this week without an issue then it's it's pretty savage rocket i think is is what what eric said so it's it's not great i mean my the first thing i think of is the fact that this is the first real human spacecraft rocket that nasa has launched humans in aside from spacex's crew dragon recently it's the first one that they've done themselves, you know, since the space shuttle. And this is definitely a really concerning effort. I mean, I know there is definitely a struggle they have to find, right? They have to find a balance between meeting their deadline, which now they're super late on from their original expectation of earlier this year. And I mean, we even experienced two of them when we went down to Florida for what was the last big attempt uh, end of August into the beginning of September for Artemis. There were plenty of hydrogen leaks at the quick disconnect valves, which was classic, classic liquid hydrogen in Florida throughout the summer. We saw that in the space shuttle years and specifically the summer of hydrogen in 1990. And now with this type of thing, I have to ask the, the big question here is like, is if there were people on board for this mission, because there are not for Artemis 1, this is a robotic mission, if there were humans on board, would this decision to continue with that November 16th launch window less than a week later from these wins, it, I don't think that's something that would have happened as easily as it did and i'm sure there's a lot more that got went into that decision and i'm sure nasa's trying to find their best balance of this but it's an unfortunate it, it sucks i mean their rocket just got a beating from the weather and it's gone in and out of that vehicle assembly building a few times now so we obviously don't want anything wrong to happen with that rocket that would be millions potentially billions of taxpayer dollars that would have been wasted by a rash decision. And with the way the weather is in Florida um, and the way that the launch window is set up and the political, basically the point where NASA's SLS has to launch now or else there is a very, very large risk where if SpaceX's Starship is able to go orbital and have successful data to carry through with the rest of the development of the Starship, there there really is less and less of a reason every day after that happens for SLS to exist and continue to fund it. Now, that's all said with the understanding that Artemis 1 through, I believe, 5 has hardware that's being prepped for that mission that is SLS technology, that is Orion technology. So it's not as easy to just cut the program off. But if we're talking about the uh, unfortunate way that most of space, uh, aside from the recent last decade, you know, NASA's 
budget comes from uh, it comes from politics. Uh, it is a government agency, and that that budget and how that all that stuff is used is intermingled with politics. And and SLS is without a doubt a political rocket. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, all that being said, I wish the NASA team that's working on both SLS and Orion. I want for all of their sakes and for all of our sakes for this rocket to go off successfully. It's not a bad thing for the U.S. to have the Mega Moon rocket SLS, the Falcon 9, which obviously we've seen the and the whole last episode we discussed, the revolutionary nature of a rocket like the Falcon 9, that's reusability has changed the future of the space program to the point where NASA, I mean China, may even be discussing the potential of making their next long march rocket reusable which would be great given all of the well the lack of of safety they take in uh, managing the entire lifetime of their rockets because they uh, will let them fall freely uncontrolled from the sky once they launch things into space not a practice that the rest of the world uh, likes doing in uh, even if, even in the world before the Falcon 9, when we had reusability, even expendable rockets were still planned to have a deorbital uh, procedure, and we don't see that. So the Falcon 9 has been so influential, and given the world that we live in with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the use of Russian rockets, which was the staple of every uh, major country and it was it was the only way to send humans to the international space station for near a decade and now obviously uh that could have been completely shut off but we talk about that um in the last episode if you want to learn more about the history behind the falcon 9 and why it's so cool and what it does but we also wish uh, and i (laughs) it's unfortunate that even in the discussion of nasa's sls i still have to bring up the falcon 9 but that is the reality of the world that we live in we wish the NASA SLS team, all the best, and we hope that this uh, this rocket withstands the extreme nature of, of the weather that it was in the other day with Hurricane Nicole. And that's it, folks. That's it for SLS news. Moving on, we have to talk about the annual... It's it's just a point to bring up. I mean, this article will be in this episode. So, like most things, if we if we do talk about about them on this podcast, we will leave a link. So that way, if you ever want to dig deeper into this, you can. We're just trying to give you the bullet points and a bit of a take on it in case you're brand new to this stuff. So, this article from Michael Sheets at the Sheet tweets. Uh, he's a great reporter on on space stuff. He put together this article. Uh, This was published on October 27th. NASA says its annual economic output is triple the agency's budget. And so the key points here, NASA released findings from an impact review, which found the U.S. Space Agency's economic output is three times the size of its annual budget. We're trying to point out just how penetrating and almost incalculable this agency's economic impact is. The NASA Administrator Bill Nelson told CNBC. The report found that NASA's work in fiscal year 2021 generated an economic output of $71 billion. So the original budget was $23.3 billion. Now, 
what government program do you know <laughs> can take its budget and then triple the output of that uh, for the benefit of U.S. tax payers and just the country itself? And the picture, aptly so, has NASA astronauts in SpaceX Crew Dragon outfits in front of where they would be loading into the uh, Falcon 9 Crew Dragon like we have right here. And it's, it's a really incredible thing that the Falcon 9 and the Crew Dragon have re-enabled America's abilities to send our own astronauts on our own rockets and spacecraft to go to the International Space Station. And for such a while, a long time, the, ex the reasoning was is that it was too expensive to put the money into a program. Let's just pay millions of dollars per seat for an astronaut to go up with the Russians on the Soyuz system. And then now they invested in SpaceX and, 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 and don't get me wrong, they also invested in Boeing and, and trying to get the Starliner, one of those to re-enable our ability to go into space. I mean, the timing, the fact that this was able to happen right when we could have potentially lost our ability to launch humans into space if, if we ha didn't have the Crew Dragon or another spacecraft to take over when the Russians took the Soyuz away from the world. And not only did we get that back, it tripled the output. So it, it's amazing how just a little bit more investment into something can have so many more returns. But if you're pinching pennies and don't really have a plan, it can actually cost you way more in the long run. So what this article is, is a great job of putting together here is that the money that's put into space can develop jobs. You know, here they're talking about NASA supporting 340,000 jobs in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. There's a lot of people uh, that are around this. So when there's a lot of disagreements or whatever around whether SpaceX and NASA and Blue Origin, it, it, it's all for the country's space program, right? And one of the things that NASA can do and has done great is to not just make it about the U.S., but to make it about humanity and the entire world, right? The true perspective of a space agency is that we're all human beings on this planet. So um, it was really cool to see those numbers. I mean, I can't tell you for years trying to, uh, you know, finding out good answers for the inevitable question that comes up. is like, why would we want to put this money into a space program, which it's not even that much money when you in consider what they're doing and what it does for the country and the jobs that it makes. I mean, $23.3 billion, that, not even like in the government, what, what stocks do you get that you get to triple your money like that? It's wild. So I, I thought that was really exciting. Some interesting numbers to put up there. And uh, yeah, so let's jump real quick before we talk about the last topic here, uh, Polaris Program, where we'll talk about some of the science and human research that they're doing. Let's go to the giveaway. So, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to put this up. What you can see. So, I have our post. Again, very engineer, engineerdy here, using Excel, just like we did in my spacecraft design class, where we planned a mission to Mars. We had, like, just tabs of all the different subsystems and stuff. But regardless, my point is, I'm doing this in Excel. 
So I have this here, this equation. I added some letters at the front so that I could mess with this. So what I'm going to do, copy. All right, folks. Are you ready? God, this was so nerdy. All right. The winner of the Estes Model Rocket Falcon 9 giveaway is... Kristen in the skies! You win! Congratulations! You win the Falcon 9! And that's it, folks. So, we have our winner. Thank you, everybody, who had not only multiple entries, but you guys just engaged so much. I had so much fun, and now I have to think about what's the next thing we're going to give away. And the other awesome thing that we can do here with the podcast is we can actually 3D print anything that we want to give away. So if you have any ideas of the next thing we should give away that's space-related, that would be cool to have, uh, maybe even potentially a model rocket, uh, let us know what you think. And, and, you know, I've been a designer for over a decade. That's one of the services that we offer with AG3D is actually designing things. And so anything is possible. And we can bring our own ideas into reality here and I'd be more than happy to do an AG3D giveaway for one of our 3D printed ideas. So let me know what you think. Congratulations, Christian in the Skies. This will get boxed up. We will have some Today in Space goodies in there as well. Thank you again for joining and that was our first giveaway. I thought that went well. Woohoo! Alright folks, last thing on our docket here. So we talked about the Polaris Dawn mission, we have the patch that uh, I was able to pick up by donating through St. Jude's research for the Polaris Dawn mission. Love the patch, and what I want to do is discuss this a little bit. So if you want to learn more about all of the research, I'm going to touch on just a few of them here, but you can go to polarisprogram.com slash science dash research. If you just go to polarisprogram.com, you can find it. It's one of the tabs up top. But under that section, it says the Polaris Dawn, the first of up to three spaceflights in the Polaris program, endeavors to rapidly advance human spaceflight capabilities by demonstrating new technologies and conducting extensive scientific research to expand our knowledge of humans adapting, living, and working in space. The 38 selected projects from 23 partner institutions are designed to advance both human health on Earth and future long-duration space flights. While each experiment was selected for inclusion in the mission profile, additional testing and qualification requirements are underway. A final list of approved-to-fly experiments will be published closer to launch. So, huge list of all these laboratories, the Air Force Academy, uh, University of Hawaii, SpaceX themselves, University of Calgary, NASA, uh, the Medical University of South Carolina, so many folks, and there is so many different experiments. Just Baylor College of Medicine, one of the experiments here is Biobank, HSGC omics. And the, the experiment uh, explanation here, so biospecimens from the Biobank are also stored at Baylor College of Medicine as part of an omics study. The study aims to perform the gold standard omics analysis to start building an understanding of effects of space on the human body. So having two, it sounds like, two separate samples, just like they did with the year in space mission, right? With Scott Kelly and Mark Kelly, biological twins, 
right? Uh, having one live on Earth and one live in space for a year and seeing what the differences were. Uh, that's a really cool experiment. Uh, Emory-Riddle Aeronautical University. There's Lamas, uh, literally looking at more astronauts in space. <laughs> I love that name. Is a student-led project from the Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University Space Technologies Lab. The team seeks to design and build a camera to capture immersive views of the Polaris Dawn EVA. Ah, yes. So the Polaris Dawn, uh, as you can see in the actual uh, patch here, is the idea of this mission is for SpaceX to test uh, an EVA, and this would be the uh, an extravehicular activity that is happening that's not a moon mission. It's the farthest one from Earth that Earth that'll ever happen, and uh, that has ever happened. And so it will break a record if they're able to do that. But also, you know, this is next level. You know, NASA just got 4K on the International Space Station, right? So it's it, there's probably a whole bunch of stuff from a technology-wise, maybe camera, maybe software that can help with dealing with uh, the extreme views in space, right? Extreme darkness, extreme brightness. Um, that could be really interesting. Could be really interesting. All right, moving along, there is, uh, so here is NASA. Uh, so one of the missions they want to do is occupant protection. Launching into space and returning uh, to Earth causes the human body to undergo substantial forces. The spacecraft's seat and respective restraints, spacesuit and vehicle dynamics, determine the forces astronauts are exposed to. Sex, age, anthrop anthrop anthropometry, and spaceflight deconditioning are just a few of the characteristics that play a role in how well these loads are tolerant tolerated. This study aims to identify the injury risk based on all of these factors. That information will be used to assess future risk of injury and develop mitigations. So that's really cool, learning how the body, depending on the various different organs that you may have inside of you, how that deals, uh, how, how you deal with the forces of space. Because uh, if, if you're going to talk about like natural organic humans, we're probably not supposed to be in space. So we're building technology and engineering around us to allow us to do that. So, um, you know, we've had a very deep pool of you know, male astronauts, we've started to get more female astronauts. And I'm sure there's a wide spectrum within, regardless of gender, that it happens with space. I mean, we saw that Haley Arsenault, the first astronaut with a prosthetic to go into space and return. Uh, and one of her concerns in that Netflix documentary that she was talking about was the, um, the prosthetic breaking uh, mid-flight, because obviously that would be terrible. Um, and she'd lose uh, aspect of one of those limbs, but she, she did fine. And, and it was able, she was able to go through all the training, do a lot of the mitigations that they're talking about, uh, to go up and come back. And I mean, you know, as someone who, uh, doesn't have typical function right now of my body, uh, I, I look up to someone like Haley Arsenault and, and actually believe that I still could, uh, be an astronaut. So, um, I love this Polaris Dawn mission. I love that it's a continuation of the Inspiration4 mission. And there are a ton of different scientific research options that they're looking at, and a few of them will actually be on that Polaris Dawn mission, the first of potentially th three space flights for the Polaris program. So that ends this episode, folks. Thank you for joining us. Congrats, Kirsten of the Sky, uh, for your brand-new Falcon 9 Crew Dragon SpaceX model rocket 
from SS Rockets. Again, thank you, SS Rockets, for helping us do this giveaway and, and giving us one of these amazing model rockets to give away. And that's it, folks. Have a great one. If you guys have any uh, topics you want us to cover, anything, all things space, let us know. Uh, don't forget to check out our 3D printing lab, AG3D Printing, on Instagram at AG3D Printing, our Etsy store at ag3dprinting.etsy.com, and of course our website for a free quote on your next project at ag3d-printing.com. Of course, manscaped.com. Uh, use code word space and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And that's it, folks. Thanks very much. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you next time on Today in Space. Spread love, spread science. Be good. See ya.